Great. So I am really, really, really excited about today. I'm excited because we had an opportunity to go on a mission trip, and you guys are going to hear all about it. And this mission trip was incredible. This mission trip offered so many opportunities for us to experience God in pretty cool ways. And you're going to get to learn from five kids that want to share what God did in and through them. So I'm super excited about that. But before we dive into that, I would like to talk to you a little bit about why we partner with Youth for Christ. Seth? Just kidding. Can you come up and explain? This is not working. Oh, there it goes. So I wanted to tell you, um, this is YFC's mission statement. So YFC is a movement that builds relationships with young people to introduce them to Christ and uncover God's story of hope in their lives. Amen. Like, that's huge. That is such a big deal if we can sit on that for a moment and realize the impact that this nonprofit organization has on communities. So we've partnered with Youth for Christ for a bunch of years because we believe in their mission. And this mission trip was no different. We had an opportunity uh, with Seth's help and Pastor Allen's help to go down to Nashville, Tennessee, and to Greensboro, North Carolina, and partner with a couple chapters down there, seeking out to to experience their vision and their mission. And it was cool. And I want to tell you, Seth, I want to publicly say thank you. Because I got to experience Youth for Christ in a very different way this past trip. And the work that you're doing is meaningful. The work that you're doing is impactful. Youth for Christ reaches people in communities that are broken, that are scary, that there's darkness, and they're going out and actually in the midst of these places reaching people for Jesus Christ. And we got to be a very, 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 very small part of that for a couple days on this out-of-state mission trip. So thank you, Seth, for what you do. We appreciate it. So... Youthful Christ is cool because it's like a web. It's like if, if one thing that I envisioned about this, and correct me if I'm wrong, Seth, so Youthful Christ is in the middle of this web, and they're reaching out to nonprofit organizations and community organizations and churches, and they're, com- they're collaborating all of these with the same vision in mind to reach people for Christ. Now, that's cool. And they're like at the center of all of this with this web going out to all these tentacles trying to do their best to bring it all together. And that's pretty awesome. So that's why it's so important. So what, when people ask us, how was the trip? Uh, so what did you experience? So I wrote some notes down before I invite some people up on stage with me. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the trip. So this is what we experienced for 10 days on our Youth for Christ trip. We got to partner with a place called Rocket Town. Rocket Town was founded by a con- or Rocket Park, depending upon who you ask. That's what I called it all the time. I don't know why. But founded by a contemporary Christian music artist, Michael W. Smith, Rocket Town is a faith-based youth outreach facility in the heart of downtown Nashville. We partnered with the Branch of Nashville, which is a local food bank founded on Christian values serving their community. We served at Antioch United Methodist Church. We visited Lakeshore Baptist Church. We visited First Baptist Church of Tennessee. We served at one church. We served at Glenwood Presbyterian Church. We served at somebody's house. We served at a community outreach event in downtown Nashville. We packed 80 backpacks, and that wasn't enough, so we went out and bought 100 more supplies and backpacks, so we packed a total of 180 backpacks to give out to the needy. We ate at a lot of different food establishments. We financially blessed a lot of different servers at some of these restaurants. We bonded at Goodwill. (laughs) 
We spent a lot of time driving. We went whitewater rafting. We had a private praise and worship time with a local music intern. We experienced downtown Nashville. Whew. At night. <laughs> Pastor Willie preached from a majestic mountainside. We visited Pastor Allen and Miss Sally's hometown. We saw where Pastor Allen came to know the Lord and where he and Miss Sally attended youth group. We visited a large, vibrant church. We visited a small, dying church. We organized. We cleaned. We loved on, cheered, and encouraged some young kids. We encouraged adults. We encouraged families. We painted the trim on a shed. We fixed the playground. We picked up trash. We pulled weeds. We mulched. We weed whacked. We planted plants, trees, and flowers. We stocked shelves. We organized shelves. We packed bags of food. We loaded grocery carts for pickup. We packed up people's cars with food. We unloaded box trucks. We swept. We mopped. We vacuumed. Yes, your kids can do that. (laughs) We trimmed trees. We built a cool covering for some wires. We demolished walls. We hung drywall. We spackled. We sandaled. We sanded. We traced and painted. We sandaled too. We traced and painted a mural. We taped off and painted a cool design wall. We built a pallet step. We replaced ceiling tiles. We moved a bunch of furniture. We replaced a plethora. Yes, a plethora of fluorescent bulbs, Ethan Burroughs. We painted inside a lot. We got to see God's beautiful creation. We experienced new exciting things. We experienced new scary things. We served. We read the word of God. We spent quiet time with God. We prayed. We had deep conversations. We had difficult conversations. We learned hard life lessons. We faced fears, we opened up, we broke down boundaries, we strengthened relationships, we created new relationships within our group and outside our group. We encouraged each other, we loved each other, we comforted each other, we looked for God, we saw God, and we experienced God. I get emotional because you guys have no idea the impact that not only we were able to have on people for the cause of Christ, but because of this trip it had on our kids and the leaders that went on this trip. It was awesome. So I'd love to call anybody that was on the trip. Come on up on stage with me for a minute. Come on. Don't be shy. Come on up on stage. Like I said, we have a couple speakers um, that are going to share their testimony. We just sang that song, right, Miss Rudy or Miss Diane? We're going to share their testimony. <laughs> so we had 27 individuals that attended this trip, most of whom are up here on the stage. We also had three individuals that could not attend because of silly COVID. So, I'm going to ask those three individuals to stand up. And Skylar, unfortunately, is not here. I also want to ask if there were any families, not if there were, I would like the families that are represented by these folks right here, if you guys could please stand up. If I could ask those that helped with the fundraising activities to please stand up, organize the fundraising activities, please stand up. If I can ask anybody that attended one of our fundraising activities to please stand up or donated to one of the fundraising activities. If anybody financially supported this mission trip, please stand up. 
And most importantly, if anybody prayed for us before and after, during this mission trip, please stand up. Come on. This is what church is about. This is what community is about. We had the pleasure of going on the trip, but you all made it happen. So on behalf of all of us, we just want to say from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Because of your stewardship, these kids did not have to pay a cent to go on the trip. That is huge. So, you guys can go ahead and take a seat. We unfortunately, Cheyenne, 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 Shania, Shania and Dez are at home watching because they were exposed to COVID, so they're doing the responsible thing and staying home. So we appreciate you. We miss you, but we appreciate you making that decision. So they videotaped their testimony. So we're going to watch a video recording of Dez and Shania, and then we're going to have three other individuals come up and share. Hi everyone, my name is Shania Dawson and I'm one of the teams who are on our stitcher. Something that I want to tell y'all about is the first God moment I had. And I had a lot of good moments, but the first one is the one that I found very important that stuck out the most. It happened when I was pulling weeds at a food bank with Mr. Van. We've had many great conversations, but the one conversation that, we, that was really important is when we were talking about how you can forgive people. Now forgiving people is something that I tend to struggle with because I feel like why do we need to forgive people that have done us wrong? And when we do, do the same thing to them, they don't tend to forgive us for what we have done. So it's just like you want to get even with them. But you for, can forgive them. You don't have to forget, but you can just like move on in life. And like that could be like a big relief off of people. Like I did it before and it felt so great to forgive someone and just like move on. And I brought someone back into my life at one point, and when they had done me wrong, like I forgave them, but I brought them back into my life, it is about more negative energy. In the Bible, it doesn't say you have to bring them back into your life after you forgive them. And because like when you bring them back into your life, this is bringing negative energy or the energy that you didn't want there in the first place, and it's just creating the same situation that happened before. And I tend to struggle like that, struggle with that situation, like as I said. But as, if you talk to other people about it, it may help because when I was talking to Mr. Dan, it felt great to talk about it. And I like talking to other people, like talking to other people that you don't really know or someone that you really haven't had a conversation with. It's help, it tends to help with that. And I hope you all have a wonderful day. Enjoy the rest of your night. And thank you for watching my video. I know it said that I'm not there. But much love to the Townsend Church. And bye. <laughs> Happy. Good morning. I hope everyone is having a wonderful Sunday. I wish I could be here to say my story in person. But I went on the out-of-state trip, and I had a lot of good God and I moments and moments where me and God just connected. But it was a really good time to experience and be able to be out there and just look at the beautiful world that God has created for us. But I had 
a lot of good God and I moments and like a lot, but like one that really hit me was when we were at the food bank, everyone had their jobs and I had this job where I had to take the shopping carts and go put stuff in them. So basically it was like you were shopping and like more and more carts kept coming. So it was getting overwhelming and exhausting and I just wanted to stop doing it. But then at the, when it got to the end, I was like, I did it. And like how many people it helped that were helping out. And it was cool. So afterwards, I was looking at it as the shopping carts where God throwing a bad moment or like an obstacle at us in life. And we decide whether we're going to take the obstacle on because we know there's good things at the end of it or we're just going to give up and just walk away. So it's like you can either like the shopping carts are like taking the shopping carts on as you like going down God's path. Or if you just decide to give up, it's like you're going down your own path. So this is God's path and this is your path. So you have your own path and you have and God and you have a path with God. So God is intending you to go down this path, but you see that there's rough patches and there's like obstacles in the way. And you're like, I don't know if I should go down there, but you see your path and in your eyes you're seeing it as uh, no, it's clear as day. I can I don't have no problems if I follow my own lead. But then, you know, at the end we all should take God's path because we know if we follow through God and we follow through Christ instead of following through ourselves that there's a better outcome than what we think we're going to have with ourselves. So I feel like that was like the one that hit me the most because it like most relatable. And I was like, I do that all the time. I think I'm right and I should go down this way instead of doing what God's putting right in front of me. I hope y'all have a great Sunday and a great rest of your night. You got it. No, go up to the microphone. Does it work? Yeah, I think so. Right. Do you work? No. All right. So earlier this summer, I was just questioning if God was listening to me. I was wondering, does God hear me? I'm just a random 17-year-old girl in the small state of Delaware in this huge world. One thing I learned throughout this trip and this summer is that God does listen and he answers. It might not be the answers we want or quickly we want. And honestly, he might not answer, but he does listen. I was just constantly praying before the trip and all throughout the summer just to be able to get out of my comfort zone and just to be living for God. Throughout this trip, for the first time, I was able to open up and make myself vulnerable and it allowed me to see God in new ways and it just really helped me feel the present, the Holy Spirit present. We're at a place called Rockettown and Pastor Allen informed us that the leader there has asked if any of us would open up and talk just like for a few minutes. I just felt the Holy Spirit in the moment telling me this is your chance, this is your opportunity and that he has me. So I volunteered to speak and I shared what God was laying on my heart. It was the hardest thing I had to do on the trip, but afterwards, it felt pretty amazing. We went to a job site in North Carolina. It was like this newer church, and we asked to paint a few rooms for them. When we arrived, the youth pastor was just praising God for us. She told us that they were worried on how they were going to be able to get all they needed done. It was just telling us how we were an answer to their prayers and helping them out a ton. The moment just hit me. I realized that God really is listening to us and hearing our prayers and that he's never leaving or forsaking us. He is listening, and he knows what's best, and his plans and ways always end up better than ours. Amen.
I'm Jonathan. I'm 18 years old. I have terrible stage fright, and I was the undefeated champion in Mario Kart for the entire trip. <laughs> Towards the beginning of our trip, Pastor Allen asked the group if any of us wanted to talk in front of a group of kids from Nashville about our church and what we were doing on the trip. Understandably, no one wanted to. And of course, Pastor Allen asked me specifically if I would speak to the kids. I terrifyingly declined. Although, throughout the course of the week, God was working on my heart and was showing me the examples of how to reach out to other people. My confidence grew in the Lord, and I did not want to pass up the next opportunity God gave me. <laughs> Remembering what I told myself before, I immediately accepted Pastor Wildey's offer when he asked if anyone would speak about the out-of-state trip here at church. I didn't even think about my stage fright or what I would say or what I would wear or any other discomforts. I'd like to say I never worried about it, that would be a lie, and it's probably not a great idea to lie in front of the whole congregation. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make it clear. I'm not telling you about how willing I was in that moment to volunteer myself just to brag about it. I don't have much to brag about, if anything. The reason why I told you what I have told you is because I wanted to show you the difference in my heart and the confidence in God I have before the trip to after. While on this trip, we served countless families, reached out to hundreds, if not thousands of people. We even ended up on the news. But all the while, God was working on me, too. Me standing up here is my testimony to you how powerful and important these trips are and how important it is to go. I absolutely believe I would not be on the stage this morning speaking up here if God did not work on me the way he did over the course of the trip. Don't get me wrong. These trips are tons of fun. They're also really valuable, too. I think the best way to end my little speech here is to end it with a Bible verse. I choose James 1.22 because it's been on my heart a lot recently, and I believe it is so important for each of us to listen to it. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. If there is one lesson I learned on this trip, I learned to respond when I hear God calling. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> First of all, I want to say how much I love the picture, whoever put that up there. That is great. Okay, so first off, I want to start by saying, uh, so uh, going into this trip, uh, something that I've uh, struggled with for a long time has been, you know, the expectation uh, for others. So feeling like I shouldn't be going through what I'm going through or being embarrassed by what I'm going through. Uh, but we had a trip at, uh, not a trip, we had a job at Out of State um, where we went through a bunch of rotten fruits and we were to decide, like, you know, if we could keep it or not. And me and a group of guys went in, and at first we kind of just threw everything away because they all on the outside looked like they were completely rotten. But um, a nice lady came in and she told us, no, these are still good. Um, and I feel like that's what uh, God does with us a lot is these are still good. And she told us to go through and like with the rotten lettuces, peel off uh, what's bad on the outside to get what's good on the inside. Um, and that also reminded me that every, every single uh, piece of lesson there was rotten. And that reminded me that everyone has baggage. And I shouldn't be embarrassed with what I'm going through because someone else also could be going through it or is still going through something. Um, and then uh, that also, while we were talking about what's happening in Afghanistan, that reminded me of a verse uh, uh, 
John 16, 33, in this world you will have tri uh, tribulations, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Um, that, that told me that, like, you know, I always replace world with whatever I'm struggling with um, because God has overcome everything. So whether whatever it be, uh, be, be of good cheer because God has overcome whatever it may be. Um, and that just reminded me that I shouldn't be embarrassed or feel like I shouldn't be going through what I'm going through because God can take care of it. And, yeah. So as you could tell throughout the trip, one thing that we encourage the kids to do is to, we talked, a common theme was to become, becoming a new creation or becoming a different person or a new, a new person in, through Christ. And looking for those God moments is something that Pastor Allen and Miss Sally have laid on our heart through in-state. And even now, I'm ringing a little bit, Dave. I'm ringing. Not my phone, like the microphone. Um, so that, this is what these kids did. They looked every day for God moments. They wanted to experience and see God in each moment that they had. And it was so cool because you could see the progression through the week. So the, honestly, the first, so we would meet every single night for some time, and we would talk about the day, we would do devotions, we would pray, and they would share their God moments, and we would do shout-outs for good things that we saw throughout the day. At the beginning of the week, kind of crickets, not a lot said, and then God just worked on these kids' hearts, and by the end of the week, there were lots of conversations, lots of kids sharing. You got to hear some of them, but every single one of these kids had a bunch of God moments on this trip. So I would encourage you, talk to them about it. Say, hey, how did you experience God on this trip? So be prepared to talk about it. So great job. Thank you so much for coming up. Give it up for them one more time. We appreciate it. So, now we're going to transition into a sermon about that. So, for the next hour, hour and a half, we're going to be... Hang <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see what God does. I'm so excited. This is really cool. I never noticed before. They, the praise team has notes on the speakers that you guys can't see. You are here. All right. So, I get distracted easy. <laughs> so, this transition, this whole idea of becoming a new creation has just been really resonating with me for a long time and becoming a new person and, and how we do that and how we should really be drastically different before our relationship with Christ to after our relationship with Christ. So I'm going to take you on a little journey through the, the mind of Tim Sparrow. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So this is how it started. So if you guys can open up your Bibles, we're going to be in Ephesians, Ephesians 2. Starting off in verse 1. Ephesians 2, verse 1. It's toward the back of the Bible. It's in the New Testament. So here we go. We're going to read it together, and then we're going to break it down. So Ephesians 2, 1 says, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in what you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of, our, of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. I would like to pause there for a moment. 
One thing that really stood out to me about these three verses is the fact that it's past tense. So Paul is sitting here speaking to believers. He's speaking to us. He's speaking to people that have made the decision to make Lord Jesus Lord of their life. He's speaking to people who have already decided that, yes, I'm going to do everything that I can to follow God. And this is what he says to you. He says, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves. So this is past tense. Sorry, let's go back to the beginning. And he made you alive. So this is past tense. He did this already to us. He made you alive. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, but God transformed you and is transforming you in which you once walked. This is past tense according to the course of the world. And then again, we all once conducted. So all these past tense just stood out to me because I think about this world and the stuff that we're going through and people that claim the name of Christ and we should see a stark difference from who we were before Jesus Christ and who we are now in and through Jesus Christ. And I fear that some of us, I don't fear, I know, because I'm honestly one of them, that we're really not. That we're still stuck back here in our mess and our sin, and it's not past tense for us. But we're still struggling with the same stuff, and we're still allowing that stuff to dictate how we, how we run our lives. And we're still being, getting caught up in the world and caught up in the mess, and we're not the past tense disciples of Christ that we should be. We should have been here, and now we should be here because of Jesus. Are you? Are you? He's talking to believers. He's saying, you once did this. You did this before. But then I came along, Jesus, and now you're here. This is your old self. You are new in and through Jesus. But are you? But am I? Are we really? Are you living the life that God has called you to live? Without cutting corners, without making compromises, are you living the life that God has called you to live in and through him? Or are you still living in your past? So that's where my main point comes from. Casting our cares upon Jesus offers us a chance to be more like him. Casting our cares upon Jesus offers us a chance to be more like him. All this stuff, this baggage that Eli just happened to talk about in the last person that spoke, all this baggage that we carry with us, all this mess, all this trespass and sin and like devilish thoughts that are in our head that are messing with our brain all the time, that are causing us to act and do things that we don't, all of this stuff, all of our cares, all of our worries, all of our anxieties, cast them onto Jesus This is such a big idea for us. And so many of us hang on to this stuff. And we don't let it go. And we allow this baggage to weigh us down. I remember a sermon that Pastor Allen did where he he had like all these strings tied to the back of him. And it was like all this junk that he was like literally dragging around the stage. It was actually really annoying. But I think that was the purpose. And it was like clankety, clank, clank, clank as he's like walking back and forth on the stage. Because we carry this junk with us. 
Imagine me standing up here right now with like all these backpacks and duffel bags of my junk and my mess, and it's like weighing me down. How in the world can I experience God if I'm carrying this mess around? How in the world can I be all that God calls me to be if I have all this baggage weighing me down? Jesus doesn't ask us to carry this baggage around. He asks us to cast our cares upon him. That's cool. And you know what's crazy? This is like, it's anything. It's sickness. It's health. It's lying. It's cheating. It's lust. It's anything. Any care or worry, anxiety, Jonathan's stage fright, whatever. Cast it onto Jesus. The Greek word, I looked it up for casting. It defi- it's defined as to be thrown upon or thrown off or deposited with. Think about that. Jesus Christ is asking us to take this baggage, all these duffel bags, all that stuff that we're carrying around, and deposit it with Jesus. He's asking us to take Take, take this baggage, take this mess, and throw it upon Jesus. Literally throw it. That's not just like, hey, let's hand it over. No, like throw it. I think about fishing. You're casting the line. You're casting the line. You're throwing your junk out. You're casting your line. You're casting your line until something grabs a hold of it. Your goal is to have something grab a hold of it. Jesus Christ is on the other end of your fishing pole waiting for you to cast your junk and cares upon him. He's just waiting. He's like, send it my way. I've got way bigger shoulders than you. I can handle it. There's nothing new under the sun to me. Cast it to me. This will help you be that new creation and be more like me when you're not carrying around this junk. I think about, unfortunately, I was in banking for a bunch of years, and I think about the deposit with. When you go to the bank, you are giving it all away. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, right. You're depositing it. You're, you're taking your money and you're putting it into the bank. You're giving, it, you're giving it off. You're taking it off of you. You don't have it on you anymore. Guys, this is such a big idea and a big theme. And you know why we can do this? Do you know why this should be easy for us? Man, I remember, I think it was Seth preached on the but gods in the Bible. But God, this is why. Because the God that we love and serve, he is rich in mercy. He, because he has great love for us. And because what he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Jesus Christ. By grace you have been saved. This is why, if you can wrap your hands around this, you have this amazing, most loving, most caring, most open God that just wants you to take this stuff and throw it upon him. Why are we holding on to our stuff? Why are we holding on to our baggage? Why why do we, why? Jesus doesn't call us to do that. I saw so much baggage released on this trip. Oh, man. My God moment. One of them. Sitting in a room with Jonathan, Eli, and Josh Smith. And the four of us were sharing our baggage. Tag, that's healthy. 
is so healthy and so good. We are talking about it and releasing it. Casting our care upon Jesus. We want to be more like him. Who in this room wants to be more like Jesus? Alan talked last week about fully surrendering. This is going to help you fully surrender to Christ. Allowing yourself to cast off this junk that is weighing you down and holding you back. Don't do it anymore. It's unhealthy. It's not good. And then I started thinking about, well, who wrote Ephesians? Who wrote Ephesians? Paul, thank you. I did not know that. Just kidding. (laughs) Paul is the author of Ephesians. So let's think about this guy, Paul. If you can, just, just go down this journey. So I studied in depth the last couple of weeks who this guy Paul was. He, wow. Way more than I ever knew about him. And I'm just going to share a little bit. Maybe some of you guys know about this. But. So Paul, we know, was a Christian slayer. He, was, he persecuted Christians. But a lot of people don't realize that he knew God. A lot of people don't realize that. He grew up in a pharisaical home in a culture and a region that taught the Jewish law so in-depth, and he became a student of the Jewish law. So he was so in tune with what the Jewish law was saying, similar to the Pharisees and religious leaders back in the day, that when Jesus came along, there is no way this guy's the Messiah. We have to stand on these 613 commandments and make sure we abide by them to the T. In fact, we're going to tweak them a little bit to make sure that they fit into our world. And so they take these 613 laws, and they're so stuck on that, that what they think they're doing, Paul, what he thinks he's doing is he's serving God and doing the right thing. So when Jesus Christ comes along, they're like, the Messiah from Nazareth? (laughs) No way. Whoever believes that is crazy. So I'm going to go out, and I'm going to capture of them. I'm going to kill some of them. I'm going to imprison some of them. I'm going to take families and do whatever. And this is what Paul did. He was Saul then. And this is what he did. So for years, he's doing this. And then what happens to Paul? He experiences Jesus Christ. And he's on this road to continue to fulfill his mission, what he thought he was doing right. And then Jesus Christ comes along and completely changes his mind and his heart. And for years, he struggles with taking this old self. Can you imagine the guilt that Paul felt because of what he was doing, he thought he was doing right, and then Jesus came around, he's like, hold on a second, look at this new covenant. Look at this new way. And Paul's like, dang, I had it wrong all the time. And I was persecuting people that believed in that. Can you imagine the baggage that Paul had? He spent years trying to release that baggage before he could truly become the apostle of Christ that Jesus called him to become. And now he's written 13 of the 27 books in the New Testament. I mean, this guy is one of the, he, he casted his cares on Jesus, which helped him with the renewing of his mind so that, there's a so that's, he can become more, or he became more like Jesus. He took all this junk and this guilt and this, the knowledge he had to retrain and reform his brain. And then he cast it onto Jesus because he knew he could take it. And that's what helped him become a new creation. Guys, let's personalize this. We live in a broken, messed up, insane society and culture. It's crazy, if we're honest. And we are being bombarded with false information bombarded and we're like 
do I get the vaccine? Do I not get the vaccine? I should probably judge these people that aren't getting the vaccine. No, no, no. You're, you need to get the vaccine or you can't come to this bill. You should be wearing a mask. No, you shouldn't be wearing a mask. I'm going to be judgmental of the mask. And Joe Biden is great. <laughs> Joe Biden is not great. And all this stuff, like all this mess, we're like, we hear all this news and we get caught up in it and we get distracted and we get, <laughs> we're so unfocused on Jesus. And it becomes baggage. This is baggage that Jesus doesn't want us to carry. He's like, cast it on me. You want answers? I will give you the answers. You want to know whether or not you should wear a mask? Go to Jesus. You want to know whether or not you should get vaccinated? Go to Jesus. But don't you dare judge a person that doesn't want to do it. Come on, man. Cast it onto Jesus. Man, how much better and how... <laughs> so this whole idea of Paul's transition, it made me think of, okay, where does this idea of, of the casting your cares come upon? So if you can turn with me to 1 Peter, 1 Peter 5, 7. We're going to read 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11, actually. <laughs> this is so good. This is Peter talking, okay? Peter is one of Paul, or Paul's. Peter is one of Jesus' apostles, okay? So Peter lived with Jesus, experienced Jesus, walked with Jesus, taught with Jesus. So let's talk about, let's see what he has to say about this. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Yes, please. And he may exalt you in due time. And then what does he tell us? Casting all your care upon him. And why? For he cares for you. <laughs> Come on, man. He cares for you. I, one of my favorite things, and I'm just going to try to personalize this. One of my favorite things, and this is not to put pressure on my kids, but one of my favorite things is when they go to my wife when they have issues. I love that. They're not holding it in. They're casting their cares upon Brandy, saying, Brandy, I need help. Help me. Sometimes they do that with me, but mostly with Brandy. And I think that's great. And then it goes on to say, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, who is real, walks about like a roaring lion, seek, seeking whomever he may de devour. Resist him, steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may God... Of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Jesus Christ. After you have suffered a while, perf perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Man, I love that. So we have all this junk. And what Peter's saying, because Peter knows. Think about what Peter did. Peter, man, oh man, this is just boggles my mind. He was apostle of Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. He literally was standing next to Jesus. He prayed with Jesus. He experienced Jesus. An apostle of Jesus Christ denied Jesus three times. At one of the most pivotal times in the ministry of Jesus Christ, he denied him. Peter did. An apostle of Jesus Christ. 
So he's constantly working on becoming this new creation. And then if you fast forward to Acts, which Pastor Willie did a great job teaching on Wednesday. If you fast forward to Acts, you see that he's told, Peter's told, and the apostles have said, don't you dare preach about Jesus. He didn't listen. He went out and stood firm on Jesus Christ and his teachings and continued to teach. So you see this transformation. Again, it's a work in progress, this journey from becoming a broken old soul to becoming somebody new in Jesus Christ. Paul and Peter experienced this. They knew this. Let's take a look. In Psalm, this is another guy. David, cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Do you guys see the importance of this? Do you guys guys know, and I know you know, I know you know, carrying the weight of your burden and sin, and your cares, and your worries, and your anxieties, and your self-worth, it's exhausting. It's draining. It pulls you away from experience Jesus Christ. And that's why it constantly talks about casting your cares onto him. David is another perfect example I just can't get over this idea. I can't get over this idea that I'm a different person when I'm reacting because of the burdens that are weighing on me. I act in a different way when I'm allowing these burdens to weigh me down. You're acting in a different way where you're allowing your cares and anxiety and and these worries and cares of the world to weigh you down. You're not acting the way Christ calls you to act or to be, which is more like him. This last verse that I just want to share with you guys. This just, this knocked me for a loop. Look at this verse from Proverbs, Solomon he asked for, you could ask for anything from God. And what did Solomon ask for? Wisdom. So this is one of the smartest guys. And this is quoting him. He who covers his sins will not prosper. Your junk, your mess, those deep down secrets that you think you're the only one that knows about, they're going to be uncovered. And do you know who knows them? God. You cannot keep that from God. You can't keep anything that you're feeling or going through. And because you're holding on to that secret and that mess and that junk, you are not able to be more like Christ or as like Christ as you can be. You you can't. Whoever covers his sin, you're not going to prosper. You won't. But, there's always a but. When you confess and forsake your sins, you'll have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Man. I'm carrying around so much guilt from decisions that I've made in the past. And this sermon was more for me than I had hoped. (laughs) Every day I walk around feeling guilty. Pastor Allen calls me into his office. I'm like, oh man, what did I do wrong? Did I not pay my, did I spend too much money? (laughs) Did I say something? (laughs) Did I say something in youth group that I shouldn't have said? It's like constant and it eats at me and I'm worried about it. 
And then all he wants to do is love on me. And I haven't learned my lesson yet after six years that I've been here, seven years. Because this guilt, this guilt that's been entwined in me from my youth and my childhood is still, I'm carrying it with me. It's baggage that I still got on me. I feel guilty all the time. After this message, I'm going to feel guilty that maybe I didn't say what you guys wanted to hear. That's my dumb, that's the devil working on me. I need to take that and throw it off of me. Deposit it with Jesus. I don't want to, I hate that about myself. God, I hate it. I struggle every day. I'm so tired of struggling with that. This sermon, like, man, if I continue to cover it and keep that burden on me, I am not going to prosper. And I want to prosper for the sake of Jesus, not for me. I want this stuff off of me. Take it. I pray that you, there's something there for you too, that this is just one of those sermons that you're like, Dag, I gotta, I gotta let this go. I gotta stop carrying this mess with me. Jesus calls us to be like him. Not like your old self. Like him. You can't do that without him. Stop holding on to your mess and your junk. Casting our cares upon Jesus offers us a chance to be more like him. My prayer today is that Jesus grabbed a hold of your heart and he's like, I know what you have to work on. You know what you have to work on. You know what you need to give up. You know what you need to cast over to me. I'll take it. And I pray that you do that, that you cast it off on him. My only question is, What care, worry, anxiety, sin, temptation, and or burden do you need to cast upon Jesus? That could be plural. There could be many. I shared one of my many. Thank you for your attentiveness. Thank you for loving on these kids and giving them an opportunity. As our praise team comes, we'll go ahead and pray. One thing I just want to end with, and I want you to think about this. Jesus can and will deliver you from your junk if you allow him to, and you will and can be redeemed. But that's up to